0: Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the Senior Pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today, and I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message, and God bless you. Let me just share some few thoughts with you tonight, Um, and then we are going to go. Amen. We are going to go. I hope that I'll be able to finish everything. And I'm just going to share with you on what I have titled the what, why, who, and how of fasting. The what, why, who, and how of fasting. Amen. There's an old hip-hop song that I always sing to my kids and they don't know it. And I'm sure many of you don't know it. Uh, and and it says, what, who, when, why, what? What are you thinking about? Do you know that song? No. What, who, when, why, what? What are you thinking about? When? who says what, when, how, you can maybe, okay. Maybe you don't know it. I used to be a hip-hop hit, by the way. <laughs> Turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. Let's read the scripture, get into the word, and then go home. Amen. Amen. So that those who are hungry may be delivered. Amen. Shabaya. They are holding on by the thread. Amen. Verse 17. Can we read together? Can you see from the screen? Can you see from the screen? Can we read together? One, two, go. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word We pray that you may speak to us tonight in Jesus' name, amen. What is fasting? What is fasting? I know that perhaps many of you, you already know, but it's always good to just refresh our knowledge and our understanding so that we get back to the basics and we don't take things for granted. What is fasting? I want to draw my definition from a few Hebrew and Greek terms. And the first one is, I don't know how to pronounce it, T-S-U-W-N. And it means to cover over, especially the mouth, to cover over the mouth. What normally gets into the mouth. The Greek word is nestewo. N-E-S-T-E-U-O. And it means to abstain from food for religious or spiritual reasons. To abstain from food for religious or spiritual reasons. Now, (laughs) you you can abstain from food for many reasons. Some people abstain from food to lose weight. Some people abstain from food to get attention. Like prisoners from time to time will go to a hunger strike or on a hunger strike. And that cannot be compared to fasting. It cannot replace fasting. Because there's more to fasting than just not eating. There's more to fasting. And many of us, we miss out on the benefits and the rewards of fasting. Because during the fasting period, all we do is to stop eating. So, there's a reason why the Greek is specific to say to abstain from food for religious or spiritual reasons. So that we get to understand What fasting is all about and get to do it in a proper way. Another Greek word is asitos, which means to be without food or without taking food. Are we together, Bazzalot? And that word is from the word sitos, which talks about grain, corn, wheat, and which brings the idea of bread. And that's why Jesus said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word That proceeds out of his mouth. So that is what fasting is all about. Fasting is not a diet, fasting is not a hunger strike, but fasting is abstaining from food for religious or spiritual reasons. Amen. Are we together? Now, why do we fast? Excuse me for the spelling there. Why do we fast? Why? Why must we fast as Christians? Now the simple reason or the simple purpose to our fasting is because the Bible commands us to do so. Anything that the Bible tells us to do, we do it. Without a doubt, without any question. Amen. When the Bible says, do not worry, we must not worry. When the Bible says, pray, we pray. When the Bible says, worship, we worship. When the Bible says, go to church, we go to church. And when the Bible says, fast, we fast. Jewel chapter 2 verse 12, it was the Lord speaking, now therefore says the Lord. It was the prophet Jewel speaking, now therefore says the Lord, turn to me. This is the voice of God, right? Through the mouth of Jewel. He says, turn to me with all your heart. And he says, with fasting. So God recognizes fasting. Let me say it one more time. God recognizes fasting. Let me tell you something about God. God is very clear in the scriptures that if he was hungry, he was not going to ask anyone. You remember that scripture? Because the kettles in the thousand hills belong to him. And he says that so that we understand that God will not just accept anything that we give him. We will never force him to accept what we give him. God prescribes everything that he expects from us. God prescribes how we must pray. God prescribes how we must worship. God prescribes how we must give. So sometimes we become overly creative with offering God things that he did not ask for. So here, fasting or the Bible clearly helps us to understand that God recognizes. If you go on a fast, God recognizes it because he commanded it in his word. He requested it from his people. Just like in the book of Joel, he says, tend to me with all your heart with fasting. With fasting. So when you engage in this spiritual exercise or discipline of fasting, God recognizes it. And then of course he says with weeping and with mourning. Are we together? We need to understand that when we fast, just like how the scripture says here, it says, Turn to me with all your heart. So when we fast, we are turning our hearts, we are turning our souls towards God. We are paying more attention to God. So that's why I said even earlier, there is more to fasting than just not eating. So yes, you stop eating, but while you are at it, you focus your attention to God. You turn your heart towards God. That's why we encourage you during this time to stop doing certain things so that you can focus more on God. Are we together? So if all that you did from Monday to today was just to stop eating, but you never paid your attention to God, you never turned your heart towards God, as from today, you need to up your game. Because the idea is not just to stop eating. Let me emphasize that. So he says, turn to me with all your heart with fasting. So fasting helps you to tend to steer your heart, your soul towards God. It helps you to give attention to God. The intensity, you see, you can... Sometimes go, um, you know, without eating in a day. Maybe let's say um, you, how can I put it? Maybe you you were, you know, you woke up, you were two peas and you did not eat. You realize at 5 p.m. that you did not eat, right? But it's not the same as, and you are not going to be even thinking about food. But it's not the same as once you decide that I'm going on a fast you realize that there is actually something that tries to turn your attention towards food while you are trying to turn your attention towards God. So there is an element which I'm going to show you in a moment that cultivates your hunger for God when you are fasting because you become conscious and aware of the fact that you need to focus on God during this time. Are we together? So, when we fast, we, we do it to turn our hearts towards God. Are we here? Because sometimes our hearts and our souls want to focus on so many different things. That's why David even said, Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. So, during this time, we are turning our eyes. From any other thing that is grabbing our attention, and number two, not only do we turn our souls towards God, but we chasten our souls. We chasten our souls. Joel chapter 2, verse 12 says, I mean, sorry, Psalm 69, verse 10 says, When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, so when you are fasting. You are chastening your soul. What is to chasten? To chasten is to restrain or to subdue. So during the period of fasting, you are taking charge of your soul to a point of restraining it from focusing on any other thing. Now, and of course, for the first couple of days, you experience that type of a battle. And it is during this time where you learn to gain authority and charge over your soul. So that before, your soul was going everywhere, thinking about this, worried about that, concerned about this or whatever. But fasting helps you to chasten your soul. Because your soul, that is where you desire. That is where you feel. That is where you think. So during the period of fasting, and you will see why, why does fasting do that? Because now, all of a sudden, You are saying, my soul, you are not just going to go anywhere you want in terms of your desire, in terms of your thoughts, in terms of your emotions or your feelings, but we are now going to focus on God. That's why David at some point said, why are you disquieted within me, oh my soul? Trust God. So when you engage on a fast, you are commanding your soul. To focus on God because year in and year out there are many other things like now maybe after 21 days you know we'll be high in the spirit and all of a sudden things happen you find that after three months. All of a sudden your soul is in and at any time I'm giving you a, 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 a tip here that at any time when your soul is all over the place the only way to bring it back to focus get on a fast even if it's, it's for a day or so just so that you can come back and focus on God, but that is when all that you did was not just to stop eating. And there is a way that your soul will come back and focus on God and begin to desire things in line with the will of God. To think about things in line with the will of God. Are we here, Bazalan? And number three, when you are fasting, you are teaching your soul to be humble. You are humbling your soul before God, because if there's a problem that we have as people is that sometimes we get to a point where our soul um, gets so, for a lack of a better word, so proud, high up there, above, for an example, the authority of the Scriptures, right, and and we we, we think our own way of doing things. That's why God says my ways are not your ways. And we are at a point where, you know, we are not humble enough to worship. We are not humble enough to pray. We are not humble enough to obey God. So during the period of fasting, we are humbling our souls to learn how to be humble. Remember, the Bible tells us that God is actually giving attention and closer to those who are humble. Are we here? So fasting helps us to humble our souls, Psalm 35, verse 13 says, but as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting. I humbled my soul with fasting. I humbled my soul with fasting. I humbled, so fasting humbles because in most cases, your soul tells you now it's time to eat. But when you refuse, because you are fasting, And as a daily routine, what are you doing? You're humbling your soul. And your soul learns to now crave for God, long for God. And the more days, the more humble your soul becomes. The more humble your soul becomes. And then it begins to obey God better, seek God better, desire God better, yearn for God better. Are we here? You know, sometimes you you know your, your 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 carnal self your carnal soul becomes louder and louder to dictate when you are supposed to pray, when you're supposed to go to church, when so so that's why fasting tends you towards God, number one. Two chastens your soul and says, Hey Baba, you are not in charge. It reminds your soul that you are not in control. You are supposed to receive instructions from the Spirit of God that is on the inside of you. And of course it humbles it humbles you. Amen. Let's look at a few people who fasted in the Bible so that we can also know why are we supposed to, to fast. So who fasted? Who fasted in the Bible? Who fasted in the Bible? In the Bible, number one, the patriarchs fasted. That is your Moses and all of those guys before. You know, they became priests and stuff like that. In, in, the, in, in the book of Exodus chapter number 34 and verse number 28, the Bible says, So he was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. Hey, don't try that at home. Maybe, maybe, maybe not eat, but water. <laughs> Amen. But how is that possible? It is because he was in the presence of God. He was in the presence of God. The presence of God nourished him 40 days and 40 nights. 40 days and 40 nights. The Bible says he neither ate bread. Now, I want you to take note. I want you to take note. He did not eat 40 days and 40 nights, but he was in the presence of God. So you cannot be fasting for three days, And you are (laughs) outside of the presence of God. You are sitting in your car, cariscope, piano, this and that. You come back at home, you are watching TV. You are not in the presence. You are not with the Lord. It cannot work like that. You have got to make adjustments for the period of fasting. You've got to make adjustment and replace certain things in your life that are pulling your attention away from God. Replace them with things that will draw your attention back to God. Are we together, Basil? Number two, the, the kings fasted. David as a king fasted. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 16. David therefore pleaded with God for a child and David fasted. And went in and lay all night on the ground. He fasted. David as a king. So it does not matter even your stature. You can never be too great to fast. You can never be too much of a pastor or a senior leader uh, to a point of not fasting. So kings fasted in the scriptures. Number three, prophets fasted. Daniel chapter 10 verse 2. In those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks like we are doing now? It says I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at oil at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Can you imagine? This man did not part. He did not. That uh, could be nix for three weeks. Oh my goodness! Thank God. God said we must anoint ourselves when we are fasting in the New Testament. He. <laughs> Thank God for the grace of God, right? And while you we fasting, tell your neighbor and say, fasting, amen. So the prophets fasted. Number four, Jesus Christ of Nazareth fasted. Tell to your neighbor and say, if Jesus fasted, you must fast too. Matthew 4 verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, after what? He was hungry. So hope you are not alone. Eh? Even Jesus was hungry when he was fasting. Amen. Number five, the apostles fasted. New Testament now. Because some of you might say, ah, but we are in the New Testament. No, the apostles fasted. In 2 Corinthians 6 verse 4. But in all things, we commend ourselves as ministers of God. In much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distress, in stripes, in imprisonment, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness. And then he says, in fastings. In fastings. Not just one fast, but many fastings. Amen. Number six, the church fasted. Tell your neighbor and say, the church fasted. Amen. The church fasted. So if we are the church of Jesus Christ, we must also go on a fast. Acts chapter number 13 from verse 1. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. Certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted. fasted and the Holy Ghost said separate to me Barnabas and Saul it was in the church it was they gathered in the church they gathered as a church fasting so if patriarchs fasted if kings fasted if the prophets fasted if the apostles fasted if Jesus fasted if the church fasted we also ought to fast And take note, that side where we read, the Bible did not say, if you fast. It said, when you fast. In other words, God is already expecting us to fast. And not just wait for us to call a fast. You also know a time where your soul needs some chastening. Where your flesh becomes louder and louder. How do you subdue it through fasting? Are we here? How do we fast? This is the important part. Because remember I said, you don't just stop eating. Because many people think, because we are not eating, I'm fasting. There's a way that the Bible says we must fast. There are certain things that must accompany our not eating. So we fast, and I'm going to read a few scriptures um, in line with this, but... You can write this down or take a picture or whatever, however you do it these days. We first, by abstaining from food, take note, number one, to express our hunger for God. So the hunger you experience in the flesh should be an expression of your hunger for God in your soul or in your spirit. Are we, are we together, Bazalan? So we do so by abstaining from food to express our hunger for God. So instead of being hungry and thirsty for food and all of these other drinks, we are going to use that time to express, as we were praying earlier, we are in a time of fast and we are expressing our hunger for God. We are saying, now God, I don't want that which is going to feed my flesh, but I want you, I want your word, I want your presence, I want your anointing. Are we together? And as a sign of starving our flesh to feed our spirit. So you don't just stop eating. You start feeding the spirit. You you, you start feeding your inner man. Remember Jesus said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. He said, I am the bread of life. So his word is the bread. He is the word, he is the bread. So when you read the word, when you hear from God, when you spend time in His presence, what are you doing? You are feeding your spirit. So the goal is not just to stop eating. The goal is not just to stop feeding the flesh, but the goal, or the whole purpose of why we are doing this, it is so that ultimately we can allow ourselves, give ourselves more time to feed the spirit. So in other words, even at work, during lunch time, you were supposed to be feeding. The flesh, you are supposed to eating to be eating your scrafting. <laughs> so, because you are fasting, you are not just going to ugio plome office colleague and say, "I know I'm fasting as a silly," and you and then we are we are and then it defeats the purpose. So, rather use that time to do what to read the word. During lunch time, listen to a sermon. What are you doing? You are feeding your spirit. So don't just stop eating. Feed your spirit. Use that opportunity to feed your spirit. Many people endure fasting by just sleeping. You're wasting the hours of fasting. You're wasting the period of fasting. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong to sleep, but if that's all that you're going to every day, you're waiting for his castle break. That's not fasting. You're on a hunger strike. You're on a hunger strike. So that's why during this time, what do we do? We allow you to wake up early in, in the morning. Devotions. And how many of you are enjoying devotions? Powerful aim. I mean, the pastors are spitting fire. Amen. So what are we doing? We are saying, wake up early in the morning instead of having breakfast, have the word. And, and do you know, I mean, if you, if you even realize, break fast, break fast, break fast, break fast, break fast. So when you wake up and eat, you are breaking the fast. So when you wake up and you don't eat, you are fasting. And you are using that time to do what? To feed the spirit man. So you spent 30 minutes in the Word. You have spent 30 minutes in prayer and nothing stops you to go even beyond in your car, going to work instead of feeding your flesh. And you listen to the Word. You know, you listen to the Word. These days our Bibles, uh, you know, have audio. You can play the Bible while you are driving, while you are walking. Get yourself headphones. Feed your spirit during that time feed your spirit and then and then so and as a sign of starving our flesh to feed our spirit also by shunning carnal and ungodly acts acts to practice spiritual and godly acts now that's why i said carnal and ungodly right so there are things which are not necessarily sin, but they are carnal social media is carnal i don't know about you but i i So if you are fasting all day, waiting, browsing through, you are seeing all the things that are feeding your flesh. You are sitting, watching TV all throughout. You are seeing things that are feeding your flesh. And yet you are on a fast. Call me religious or whatever, but for me, it defeats the purpose. Because all I did, I stuffed the flesh physically, but I fed it spiritually. So when the fast is over, I'm more canal than when I started. Because I stopped. As a matter of fact, your, 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 your canality gets even, because when you're fasting, everything is alert. So even your canal side. So any little thing, that you feed your canal side. It is going to receive better. So what do you do now? You take that moment to make sure that I'm going to interrupt my routine, to, to, to shun, to avoid canal acts, canal activities. Let me just adjust for this period, maybe seven days, like now, 21 days, I'm going to avoid and, by the way. It is said that it takes 21 days to change a habit in your life. So it gives you an opportunity now to set, you know, a precedence in your life. To say, in this season, because let me finish reading this statement. By shining carnal and ungodly acts to practice spiritual and godly acts. With an aim to set precedence in our lives, especially on how we want to live in that particular season. I was saying to the staff during the week, because... During the time of fasting, it's my thing. All the time when I'm fasting, there are certain things that I'm stop, I, I stopped to do. I delete Instagram. I delete YouTube. Uh, uh, now, this, this, this year, I introduced another thing. I'm blocking WhatsApp statuses. Because how many of you th- know that you open WhatsApp to read a message that your friend sent you? Yeah. Before you know it, you are watching WhatsApp statuses. And there's that demon of the new... Thing, you see that if a person has just posted something you see and then you open that one, then it goes one. And then aba Wild, who know how to post 30 videos and 30 pictures, It's one of and then you've just spent 10 or 20 minutes watching nothing.. So I delete all of those things. I stop watching TV. So anything that has got nothing to do with God, that's not necessary because, okay, you know, it's got nothing to do with God, maybe, but you have to go to work. Otherwise, you can't be saying, I'm fasting your job. You'll be fired. So then it gives me an opportunity that after the fast, after 21 days, then I'm more strengthened in my soul, in my spirit. I have power and authority to choose what I want to bring back. I'm saying to myself, for 21 days I lived without television. Do I have to bring it back so I can decide? And one of my goals, and I want to say it openly, one of my goals this year is to stop watching TV during the week. I'll reserve it for the weekend when I want to unwind. If there's time. Like Sunday after church is a good time for me to watch TV. It's the best time ever. Because I'm like, you don't want to really visit me Sunday after church. And not unless I feel like fellowship, then I'm alive. But other than that, I'm like a zombie. It's a good time to watch TV. So use this time to change what you need to change in your life. And then my pair, you can decide, okay. So during this time is the proper time to stop watching pornography. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't look innocent. Some of you are feeding on pornography every day. No wonder you have lust. And you are trying to stop, right? And you can't stop. You can't stop. You can't help yourself. You keep on going back. Now, when you fast properly, like how I'm telling you, you're saying to yourself, let me avoid watching this. Why? What is going to disturb you? is I'm focusing on God. I'm focusing on God. So when you, walk, so that's why I don't, I don't say I'm not going, going to be on Instagram. I delete it. Because how many of you know that sometimes you go to the toilet to do business, but you can't go without your phone. Because it's automatic that when you sit down, you find yourself opening an app. So delete everything who started by bill. So that when you are sitting, you don't have a choice but to open the Bible. So when you do that, now you are interrupting the routines of your flesh that you are used to. Because during that time, there's a replacement routine. There's a replacement behavior. Now, you can decide for yourself that after the prayer and fasting period is over. Because you'll be waking up in the morning for three weeks. At, at five, right, for prayer. So when we are done and we go back to the Wednesday only, there's nothing that is stopping you from continuing to wake up every day, every morning, because now you'll be used to it. So now you can do, so it's a, it's an, a great opportunity. Am I teaching somebody tonight? Am I helping? You You know, the people in Hillcrest are saying a better amen than you here. Amen. I can hear them from, all the way from Hillcrest. Are we together, Bazelon? So, so that's how we ask and that's how we fast. So, and the scripture also tells us to do it for God. In other words, for spiritual reasons. It's, it says that we must not do it so that we can appear before men as fasting. Now, the problem is that we have become religious about that statement. So when somebody offers you food, you say, I, uh, uh, no, I don't want to eat. When they say, are you fasting? No, I'm not. you just lied while you are fasting this scripture does not mean when somebody asks you are you fasting it does not mean um you you can't say you there's nothing wrong with saying yes i'm fasting there's nothing wrong with that the, what the scripture is saying is that don't do it as a show off so that you will voluntarily walk in the office and say hey pal i'm fasting then there's a problem with that then there's a part if you are asked there's nothing wrong with saying no um, I don't, uh, uh, thank you for the food. And when they say, why? There's nothing wrong with say, no, 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 we are fasting at church. And I'm also fasting. There's nothing wrong with that. So don't be religious, but be real. Do it for spiritual reasons. That's where the real thing will be seen in what do you do every day. What do you do every day? That's where, so, and then there's a guideline that we are given in Isaiah 58. I'm, I'm out of time. In Isaiah 58 verse 3, it says, why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you take no notice? Right? They are complaining, to these people. It says, in fact, in the day of your fast, you find pleasure. In the day of your fast, it's all about you. You, are, you find pleasure. You, you are entertaining yourselves, but you are saying, It's the day of your fast. And then it says, and you exploit all your laborers. So if you have a business during a fast, my God, watch how you even treat your workers. It's a very difficult one. eh? It says, and you exploit all of your workers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate and do strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. Is it a fast that I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul. Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush and to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast and an acceptable day to the Lord? Is this not the fast that I have chosen to lose the bonds of wickedness? to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out, when you see the naked, that now that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Now, simply put, it doesn't mean literally to this, you know, Now you are going to pick up a hobo on the street, bring them into your house. No, it it simply means during this time, practice righteousness, practice kindness. You cannot be fasting and yet you are mean. You are fasting for 40 days, but you are mean. During those days, you are mean, you are angry, you are bitter. In other words, watch yourself. Watch how you treat other people. Watch how you talk. Watch how you handle things. Because it, it is your time of consecration. Why? Again, the benefit, it will change your habit during that time. Before you know it, after 21 days of fast, now you are used to be kind. You are used to be generous. You are used to be gentle. You are used to be peaceable. Because during the time of fast, you were more conscious to say, this is the kind of fast that God wants. Are we together, Bazalan? Let me close with this. What are the rewards of fasting? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 17. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and when wash your face like we read. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Number one, spiritual rewards. When you fast, the way that God wants you to fast, there are going to be spiritual endowments that are released upon your life. Spiritual benefits and rewards that you will not ordinarily receive in any other time. You pray better. You flow with God better. You hear the voice of God. And that's the first thing you need in your life. That's the first reward that you are supposed to go for. To say, God, after this fast, I want to hear you more. I want to pray more. I want to pray better. I want to worship. So, those, that's the, so the Bible says, as you do it in secret, it's going to show in public. All of a sudden, the way that you pray changes. The way that you worship changes the way that you connect with God changes. Why? Your spirit is more refined. Your soul is more fine-tuned. And that is the first thing that, you know, in a fast, you might not get any other thing, but that should be the first thing that you desire, to say, God, if I can walk out of this period spiritually revived, I would have accomplished the goal. And the Bible says, then God will reward you openly. Will reward you openly. It, it will show. It must show. When you come back to it must show. You just spend some time. Remember, even when Moses, 40 days and 40 nights, when he came back, the glory of God was shining over his face. They could not even look at him. Number two, I need to close. Number two, it is spiritual empowerment which is the anointing. The Bible says in in Luke chapter 4 and verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And it is my prayer that after these 21 days, you will return in the power of the Holy Ghost, that the anointing of the Holy Ghost will fall afresh upon your life. The anointing that breaks the yoke. May you be anointed after these 21 days. I said, may you be more anointed after these 21 days. May you come back like Jesus in the power of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And number three, in Isaiah 58 and verse 8, it says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Verse 10 says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. It speaks about breakthrough revelation. In other words, all of a sudden your eyes will be open. You will begin to see things that you missed before you were even fasting. Things that God was trying to show you. The Bible says, "No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor is it entered into our hearts what God has prepared for us." And the Bible says He reveals them by the Spirit. So I pray that during this time of prayer and fasting, that God is going to revive your spirit that his spirit is going to come and open your eyes so that you can begin to see ideas begin to see strategies that will take you to the next level in your marriage, next level in your business next level in your career may your eyes be opened receive breakthrough revelation in the name of Jesus number 4 sudden healing Isaiah 58 and verse 8 your healing shall break forth speedily that sudden healing, God beginning to heal you in areas ne- that you never thought he's going to heal you. May God heal you emotionally. May God heal you mentally. May God heal you in your soul. May God heal your high blood. May God heal your, your hypertension. May God touch you in areas that you never thought that God. Let your healing come speedily during this period. May it not delay anymore, but may God heal your marriage. May, may God heal your family. May God heal your finances. May God heal your relationships. May God begin to heal anything which is not functioning the way that is supposed to function in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. And number five, walking in righteousness. Isaiah 58 and verse 8, and your righteousness shall go before you. Many of us, we've been Christians for quite a long time. But we have been struggling to walk in righteousness. We have been struggling to master this righteous walk. We've been struggling to exhibit the fruits of righteousness. But I pray and I declare over your life right now that may you begin to practice and to exercise righteousness. May you know how to live righteously before God. May you never struggle to be pleasing before the Lord. May you begin to live a holy life. May you begin to love people. May you begin to be holy. May you begin to avoid fornication. May you begin to avoid adultery. May you begin to avoid idle talk. May you begin to avoid gossiping. May you begin to avoid being bitter and angry. But may you begin to walk a righteous walk in the name of Jesus. I'm not sure if my mic is struggling with batteries, but there's some funny sound on my monitors. And number six, divine protection it says, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear God. The glory of, of the Lord, it speaks about protection, divine protection. And I pray right now upon your life that in this year 2022, may the glory of the Lord become your rear guard. May the glory of the Lord protect you from all of the witches that are after you. May the glory of the Lord protect you from all the spears that are thrown, the arrows that are thrown your way. May the, may the things that people were doing in the past attempting to bring down your marriage, attempting to bring down your business, attempting to bring down your peace and your joy. I pray that the glory of the Lord will become your rear guard. May the glory of the Lord protect you at work. That even though they were planning your downfall, may the glory of the Lord surround you. May the devil himself begin to recognize that you are the righteousness of God. You are the chosen one of God. The glory of the Lord surrounds you day and night. As you drive at night, may the witches know that you have been consecrated by the glory of God. May the demonic spirit is never come near you. May every demonic attack that has been planned for you in this season, may the glory of God shine forth in the name of Jesus Christ. Any plan to bring you downfall, any plan to bring you to poverty, any plan that was causing you sorrow and pain, I pray may you be guarded. May you be protected in the name of Jesus Christ. In every place where people went and built altars, mentioned your name, I declare right now, the glory of God is your rear guard. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the witches... may the the Sangomas may, 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 may every person that they have consulted come back and testify that we have tried everything and we have been waiting patiently for this person to fall into this trap and I decree that the very same hole that they have dug for you, they themselves will fall into it in the name of Jesus Christ whatsoever weapon that has been designed to come against you, I decree tonight I decree tonight I decree tonight, let it Go back to them seven times in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever fire that they've been plotting against you, let it fall on them in the name of Jesus. Whatever curse that they've pronounced over your life, over your children, over your business, over your career. Right now, I decree in the name of Jesus Christ, it is lifted in the name of Jesus. It is lifted in the name of Jesus. It is lifted in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is going back to them. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. In the name of Jesus Christ, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. May God protect you from things that you were not aware of. Many of you, you've sat in rooms where they were plotting your downfall. Tonight, I pray in the name of Jesus that those plots will be exposed. In the name of Jesus, expect to hear about something that was plotted against you. Expect to hear about the plans to bring you down in the name of Jesus Christ. May the glory of God become your rear guard. May your assets be protected. May your children be protected. May your spouse be protected. May your finances be protected. Your investments be protected your businesses be protected in the name of Jesus may everything that has got your name on it be protected now in the name of Jesus Christ I cancel every accident that was aimed to kill you I nullify it I reverse it I cancel it in the name of Jesus I decree you will live and not die 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 you will live And not die. We pierce the eye of the enemy that has been watching your way, watching your movements, watching your finances, watching your children, watching your family, watching your joy, watching your peace, watching your promotion, watching your breakthrough. We pierce it in the name of Jesus. We pierce it in the name of Jesus. We pierce it in the name of Jesus. Jesus. May the glory of the Lord become your rear guard. May the glory of the Lord become your rear guard. Even when you are watching, may the eyes of the Lord be covering your six in the name of Jesus Christ. This one is my favorite. Are you ready for this one? This one is my favorite. The reason why it is my favorite is because... Even before I finalized this message, God spoke when I was listening to Pastor Tulani preach. I think it was yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? The heavens opened, and I heard God specifically tell me this: that we are entering into a season of answered prayers. This, this is how God put it. He said, "He said, he said to me, there is a, there is a cloud that has been forming, a cloud of answered prayers." Prayers that we have prayed two years ago when we thought God has forgotten. Prayers you have prayed three years ago. Prayers that you have prayed and you have sown big seeds. And all of a sudden you have given up, you thought God has forgotten about it. But God said to me, get ready. He said, tell Builders Church they need to get ready. There is a cloud that is about to explode. There is a rain of answered prayers. While you are receiving this one, another one is coming. While you are experiencing this one, another one is coming. In the name of Jesus, I decree a season of answered prayers, a season of being heard, a season of being answered. In the name of Jesus Christ, your prayers do not expire. Your prayers were not forgotten. In the name of Jesus. And listen, listen. And this is what God said. God said to me, this 21 days is not by accident. And he said to me, I know I have told you this, but you never realized what it means to you prophetically. He said, it is not by coincidence, but I was trying to send a message to you. And that's where he commanded me, like I said earlier, that make sure you finish it. Make sure you finish it. Because this 21 to you is prophetic. Even though on by Friday we can feel like it is accomplished, it is done, but we need to finish the 21. Because it is prophetic in the name of Jesus. Because in the same way that the angel." of the lord came with an answer and it was delayed in the heavenly places god said i am releasing a season he said i am releasing angels from my throne to come and deal with any delay in the name of jesus christ and there is no longer going to be delays in the name of jesus your prayers will be answered your cries your tears will be wiped away you will be remembered in the name of jesus god will remember your seeds God will remember your cry. God will remember the requests, the petitions that you have made and you thought he has forgotten about you. This is the time to go back to prayers that you wrote down. And you said, God, I believe you for this. Go back and revive them and say, dry dead bones. You are going to live now. Hear the word of the Lord. It's a season of answered prayers. God, in 2019, I asked for a car. God, in 2016, I asked for a house. God, in 2020, I asked for another job. I asked for a promotion. Let me tell you, we are in that season. Be expectant to receive your answer. In the name and the matchless name of Jesus. Say, answers are coming my way. Say, answers will locate me. Say, answers will come to my home. God will answer by fire. Let me tell you, Buzalem, God is going to be so radical in answering prayers. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be strange. It's going to be inconveniencing to others. Let me tell you, for God to answer you, sometimes he will have to be mean. There's going to be casualties. Because some of us, the delays were because of people. And now God says the answer must come. Even if it takes dealing with the obstacle, he's gonna be mean. If if you if, if you want to know how God how, how mean he's going to be, go home and study chapter Psalm chapter 18. That's how God is gonna be mean is going to come riding on the, on the wings of, of, of the cherubs. God, God is going to use wind if he has to. But God is going to, he will come down himself to address any form of delay. If, if it will, at least in Daniel, an angel was sent. Because if it will mean for him to come down Msaluf, So go and look for those prayers that you prayed. Because God is about to answer. Isaiah 58 verse 9 it says, Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You will cry and He will say, Here I am. Be careful who you make to cry this year. Because When we cry, God will say, I'm here. How do you want us to handle this situation? And I might not know what am I going to say when I am crying. I might be able to say something that I might not be able to reverse in the name of Jesus. Let me just give you this and then we are going. Number eight, supernatural or spiritual breakthrough. Number eight, supernatural and spiritual breakthrough. Let me tell you, Mark 9 verse 29 says, so he said to them, this kind cannot come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. So There's going to be a spiritual breakthrough breakthrough. That you've been trying to push for. That you've been trying to press for. That you've been trying to believe God for. That you've been trying to work for. That you've been trying to give for. But the word of God says, such doors will never open unless by prayer and fasting. And this is that time. Number nine, I don't have time. Divine and continual guidance. I don't have now. God, well, you will you'll be. It's like, it's like the Bible says, you will hear a voice behind me saying, "This is the way, walk in it each and every day." This is the way, divine and continual guidance. That 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 the light will shine every day. That you will wake up knowing this is what I need to do. This is the decision I need to make. And and I pray that you will have that boldness and confidence to obey what God is putting in your heart. Number 10 as we close Breakthrough in your calling Breakthrough in in what you are called for I don't know what is it that you are called for Maybe some of you you are in business Some of you are called for the corporate world Some of you are in government But there there is a breakthrough That God is instigating for you In the name of Jesus Christ In whatever area where you are called Therefore be expectant Expect for God to move Miraculously for you. Isaiah 58 verse 12, those from among you shall build the old waste places. Whatever waste place in your business, whatever waste place in your career, stagnancy, you've hit the ceiling or roof, God says you will build in that area. You will build in that area. He says, you shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Let me tell you what God has called you for. It's not just for you. You are raising foundations for many generations to come. Foundations that your children are going to build upon. Foundations that their children are going to build upon. Foundations that five or six generations later, they'll be still building upon. Those generations in the name of Jesus. And he says you shall be called the repairer of the bridge. The restorer of the streets to dwell in. You are the repairer of anything broken. Anything messed. This year God is going to anoint your hands. Your brains. He's going to anoint you for repairing broken things. In your area of your calling. Lift up your hands in this place. Begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.